Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Kimberly Cloud Show. I'm your host, Kimberly Cloud. I have a very special guest here for the show today. It's an honor to have you. We were having technical difficulties. Can you go ahead and announce to the world who you are and where you're calling from? Well, Kimberly, my name is Richard Blank. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Costa Rica's Call Center, and I'm calling you from beautiful Central America. Okay, and can you tell me a little bit about your past leading up into your present? And by the way, it's an honor to have you on my show. Oh, Kimberly, that's so kind. Actually, the honor is mine. I gravitated towards your show with all the people that you've helped. And so I really just wanted to touch base and see if I can contribute. And my story begins in Northeast Philadelphia. When I graduated the proud Abington High School in 91, I chose to be a Spanish communication major at the University of Arizona. So I was following a path of humanities. I didn't go the Ivy League route and study economics and finance like my father, grandfather, and brother did. I was more of a dreamer. And so when I was 27 years old, I had a one in a million opportunity, Kimberly, to move to Central America, work at my friend's call center. And I took it. And if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. And so after working with my friend's center for four years, I learned the business from the inside out. Not sea level, but I learned it with the people. And then a couple of years later, I decided to throw my hat in the ring. With my maturity and impulse control and a little bit of capital, I started my call center. And in a couple of days, come February 6th, it will be 15 years that we'll be celebrating this business of mine. So you got a doctorate and you got a a bachelor's in one year worth of education of uh, your working as a CEO of your own call center. So tell me a little bit more about this call center. What does it entail and how many employees work there? That's an excellent question, Kimberly. I currently have 150 full-time employees. They're bilingual agents, Spanish and English. Some even speak Portuguese. They're dedicated agents. So I don't do a blended or a mixed center. They work specifically on one campaign. Now, Costa Rica, we pack a punch in regards to business process outsourcing. Companies such as Amazon, HP, and Intel are in Costa Rica. They like the infrastructure. We have a very solid labor pool with skill sets. But I tell you what, we all share the same labor and there is an attrition and a rotation. What do I do, Kimberly, to separate myself from us? Well, I go old school. I like to walk the rows. I'm a gamification culture, so I play pinball and Pac-Man with the agents. And breaking bread with them is important. And so some people want to make a name for themselves. Some people would like for me to delegate and give them more responsibilities so they can grow. My goal, my friend, is to build their self-confidence and self-reliance. A boss can hire and fire you. I prefer to promote you. I'm out of it. It's almost like, Kimberly, it's pay because we've been given so much assistance in our careers. I always believe success is built on a million thank yous. So this is my opportunity to do my part. So your 150 employees um, are growing like 25 to 20 like a year or how does that work? Because I want to learn from you. Okay. Could you repeat the question, please? 
It's okay. So your 150 employees that you have now that you um, have strong within the 2023, how long have you been um, like, what is it? How can they, it's so many questions I could ask, but the question that I asked was if you've been with them or they've been with you 15 years, what can, how can they grow and how long have they been growing for? Like what I mean by that is, do you get one employee to two employees to up to five employees every three to six months? Or do you get um, maybe five to six employees every uh, six to eight months? Like how do you grow your employee count? Through the clients. Clients come and clients go. People have good runs. Things are seasonal. Certain verticals may die like a buggy whip. <laughs> and so um, I see industries change and we might have a flush where we need to add agents immediately. And sometimes people need to downsize because of COVID or because it's Christmas months and it's, you know, the fourth quarter. But for me, let's concentrate on why people may stay. My attrition is more natural. People will leave because of scheduling conflict for university. Maybe their boyfriend or girlfriend works somewhere. Might be closer to their home, even financially, if they have a marketable skill set, they might be able to be uh, find more lucrative opportunities out there. There are other centers, but they'll never leave because I gave them a walk of shame, Kimberly, or I made them cry. There is something like dignity that you need to extend to somebody. I'm not a weak man, but I extend empathy because making and receiving phone calls is not for the light of heart. You can do exceptionally well with it. It's very lucrative, but also it can be draining. That one person that says F you on a phone call or just says the one wrong thing on the wrong day when it's raining outside. <laughs> I've seen people break. But Kimberly, this is what I, I do for the agents. I let them take a time out. Why don't you put some water on your face? Maybe go get some ice cream. I don't always watch the clock with some individuals because this is a psychological and a physiological job. I don't want to break you. I just want to bend you. And so I'll see there might be some that could be affecting their work performance. So I, I do take their families and their sensitive, delicate situations into consideration. Now, people are not robots, Kimberly. And I think if nobody comes back to work the next day, you don't have a company. And there may be competition out there, but I always believe in you. And I spoke about this prior to the podcast. If you have a foundation of ethics and you were raised a certain way and you can extend that to others, then I believe that you get that sort of positive reinforcement. The market speaks. And if come back you and you have a lug track. Um, you were going out. Um, I am so sorry, but this this will be edited. So don't don't hesitate if you hear me. So um. 
Give me a second. Try to, if you can hear me, try to exit and We're come back. back. Yeah. Okay. 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 Good. Good. I was listening, but it kind of went in and out, but it's okay. Um, you know, it's funny. I was talking about Wi-Fi and I, I love, you know, I love more people when their Wi-Fi, whether it's my Wi-Fi or theirs mess up. Cause I say to myself, uh, Mr. Blank, I say to myself, I, I'm like, it's not our fault. It's nothing we can do. We pay our bills and we get, you know, our Wi-Fi. And um, my next question to you is how, what ingredient of productivity of management do you have that um, you know the secret ingredient for the actual to keep a lower turnover rate? Because like you said, seasonally, they come in, um, your employees, uh, well, you said seasonally, certain big businesses, they terminate or do like a rotation during seasonal times, but you try to limit it, limit that. You, you want to make sure your um, customers grow and get promoted which is a good thing. So tell me a little bit about the secret ingredient like KFC that you hold. I want to hear it that um, talks about why you do what you do and how you are maintaining your employee rate strong. Let's zig and zag on this a little bit. If a client downsizes enough another account. I always believe in right bus, right seat. So no one ever gets fired. There will always be a seat with somebody. And also when campaigns grow, I can see people with potential that can then be moved into supervisor positions. I always believe you can keep somebody if they feel stimulated and motivated. Once again, there are options. You don't want someone burning out or being bored of your place. We have a quality control department. Phone calls and grade on guys and other metrics. And so I always believe self-improvement is from self-analysis. So not only can I show the people how they can find areas of improvement to make them more marketable and more money, but also it's very humbling. When you can coach someone in a specific way, Kimberly, where you make a suggestion compared to insulting somebody, you praise in public, you critique people should do. And also there should be Hall of Fame calls if somebody does exceptionally well. The co-workers can feed off of that synergy and that sort of home court advantage. And so these are the sort of simple building blocks, Kimberly. I wish I could give you a million-dollar cracked code, but a lot of it is how people feel about themselves. If I can improve somebody's skill and give them more balance and stability and center, they may gravitate because I'm authentic, because I sincerely believe in their career development. But it's a younger generation. These 24-year-old cats, they come and they go. They might not give you a two weeks notice and just leave. You know what's um, funny? But what I, happens, I Kimberly, say, is I call my client. It's okay. And I let I was them gonna know because there's no surprise. And then we're going to proceed to make sure this video works because it's like um, I was saying to myself, now, Richard Blank, are you calling from Mars, Costa Rica, or are you calling? <laughs> Hold on, I'm not mad at this because I know 
It's not his fault. Who, what government system controls the system in Puerto Hi, <laughs> sorry. You know, um, I was like, are you calling from Mars, Costa Rica or the, 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 the Earth, Costa Rica? If you get what I'm saying, because you're <laughs> in and out. <laughs> it's just a joke. I know. Um, I'm actually calling from the home office today. If we ever need to do a second podcast at the full office staff to assist you. So, so, okay. Um, you, growth is everything. Um, I'm glad that you have quality control with your employees. I'm trying to remember everything you said. And so what advice would you have to give to somebody like me that, you know, I am, I'm like pre-seed where I have no employees. I had like up to four, but I have none. And the problem was that I saw was how to attach and motivate my employees to that level where they will be work energetic and motivated enough to work for me. Now the pay was moderate. Uh, it was not underrated because the pay was 625 in PA and they bumped it up to 725 and I was paying them like 780 to $8. So um, like I, I, I just wanted to know what can I do or everybody in the audience to help just connect with their employees? What do you do? You know, <laughs> um, I hate this. I hate when he um, stags up because it's like, um, you guys, he's disappointed in the media that's coming up, but he's trying his best to do, you know, his media and I want to make him look good. You know, it sucks. Oh, you went out. Okay. Do, do you want to answer? I'm back again. Okay, uh, you were yeah. talking about, was it before, about the motivation of employees that you had on your 780 an hour? Okay. You need to offset the price. Unless you're spending $100 an hour where you can look at the money first, what sort of experience can you give? Now, depending on the work that they're doing, you could make it to where they're building their skills to make them more marketable, once again, to earn more money in other jobs. But... If worse comes to worse and it's remedial or it's monotonous or it's something that you think is just basic and early, easily replaceable, then it's almost like whistle while you work. Maybe just create off, offset that lower rate for a happier work environment. Maybe play some music in the background to give a groove. Maybe create certain scents in the environment so people can get that sort of physiological sensation where it smells good, feels good, and reminds them of something. People sometimes like to do lunches, pizzas, or other sort of things to feed. Or even the basics of giving good office coffee can go a long way. <laughs> but maybe just even an open door policy, that's free. It's just the only thing is your time. And so besides doing a good job and patting you on your head and saying, good job, Kimberly. What did Kimberly do well? Well, Kimberly, you did 14 yesterday when you usually do nine. So that's excellent. I've seen the improvement. Kimberly, you were coachable. 
I told you is the for email addresses. So emails aren't bouncing back. Kimberly, you're taking copious notes on the phone right now. So now I know what the gatekeeper's name is when I call the company back. And they're going to know who I am. And um, how, like... And a lot of the times, Kimberly, you can yes, be sir. teaching them to you, such as search engine optimization and other areas to fill certain times during the day where besides doing their job, once again, they're helping the company move forward and earn money. Okay. Um, I would like to say two things. I wanted to, one, invite you back on the show. Make sure, um, because, you know, I, I just, I'll tell you after the show, my feelings on this. Um, I want to get your full statement. Like I hear what you're saying, but it's like going in and out and out. And when I, I'm, I'm visualizing how I can edit this and it's like, uh, I can't. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. But I want you to look good. I, I want you to I know. I made a promise and you do look good, but I, I, want, I just want you to, you know, look good, you know, so. I, what we um, might need to do is because I'll be going back, um, I'll be in my office next week. And so from there on, we could always reschedule a second one and use this as just like a promo for certain clips. Because I do respect you, Kimberly, and I terribly apologize for this bad connection today. I I respect your work. It's not fair that I was late and I have a bad connection, but I really want to work with you on your podcast because you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you too. Um, so um, how can the people find you in your company? We have a very large Facebook fan page of about 109,000 people. And so when this goes live, you'll be having new fans there and also give your audience a chance to see the industry in Central America. We're north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. We're the only democratic society in Central America. There's no standing army. Our infrastructure is great and I'm here in Central America. So I got a lot of suggestions. But I, I want your audience to do a takeaway where it's very important to follow your passions. Uh, I was a Spanish communicator. I didn't know where that was taking me. But I knew that I was marketable and I knew that it was going to open doors. And if you can put aside the gray believers... And the naysayers, then maybe with a clear head, you might be able to make the certain decisions for yourself that obviously that got us to where we are today. And and finally, my friend, it's it's about dedicated practice. It's what you and I do off the camera when people are not around. It's those that practice the violin, painting, and even second languages. And you can tell in time that that builds. And so as long as people practice their trade, there's no reason why they wouldn't be the best at it. And so I, I can't thank you enough for the time today. I enjoyed it. And I believe that just of the few nuggets that we can pull out of this, that I, it would be an excellent episode for you and your audience. How, how do you see yourself going towards the future of your company? What, what do you see yourself adding additionally to your company? More work from home agents, 
It's not me. It's not the brick and mortar anymore. We still have people showing up for PCI compliance and the computers in case it goes down at home. But ever since COVID, Kimberly, most people would rather work virtual. They're still capable. We still get the metrics and the performance. What you lose is the company culture and the synergy. Because you know if you go to the gym and someone's next to you yelling at you, you might do three or more reps or you might even go. And the call centers is where you find your best friends. It reduces attrition because the people you care about are there. And it gives us an opportunity to build on your momentum. We can still do these things. But there's a huge difference, Kimberly, between a painting and a print. And when people are working virtual, it's just really not the same as if they're sitting next to you. How do you think we can um, change that? Like, do you think that, you know, um, maybe one day, you know, we'll have something more because we are kind of doing hybrid, we're doing straight virtual and we're doing um, engaged personal physical contact. So how do you think that what is the benefits and the risk? of moving from some places from virtual to some places to hybrid to some places in person. My goodness gracious. The fact that I'm sitting on 300 seats and I have a huge call center and I was looking for additional space. I don't need that anymore. In fact, at 300 seats is too much. I only have about 80 people in there and the rest are working from home. But, um, I won't need to get additional space anymore. So the commercial real estate market, you know, right there, that's not my panic. Um, it's going to save me a fortune in regards to air conditioning, toilet paper, water, you name it, lights. I mean, there's just so much that I save on my end. Another benefit for the agents is the travel time. It's the money spent, more time with their family, relaxed home environment, you name it. But, you know, taking those two circles, there is that overlap. And that overlap is my environment. This is not a introverted, non-vocal environment like an accountant or someone that does coding. It's a call center. And so it's very vocal. It's, we're artists of speech. And what I've seen is that people can pick each other up. And as I mentioned earlier about the momentum, and when you see a call center floor that is on fire, and people are shaking and moving and feeling good. They, they really are building on their skills. Could you imagine? It's just like COVID. You and I can hang out right now. And we can do this for a year. But there's nothing better than if you and I are sitting in a restaurant having lunch, face-to-face -face talking. You know this. And so as much as you think there's advantages one way, it is financial in time. But we're missing out on that human approach, that human touch. It's killing it. We're becoming sterile. We're becoming placid. We're becoming where we are losing that sort of natural sort of reactions towards people. Because imagine not seeing someone and, and after months going out to dinner with somebody, you, 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 you don't have the muscle memory. You don't know how to not put your phone down or how to look in someone's eyes or how to take turns. Even you've probably forgot how to open a door for somebody. And so these are the sort of things that when people come in after months of working from home to visit, and it's, it's a novelty now. It used to be working from home was the novelty now coming into work one day after a couple months. So we'll do pizza that day. And we give them a hero's welcome. 
but you can tell that they've been not jaded. It, it, it's just what happens is they become numb. People lose that sort of spark that they had at one point. Their reaction time is off, Kimberly. And they apologize for it. And their main thing is because I've been home for so long, I forgot what it was like. So those are the sort of things that I see. You know, right now, what is challenging right now for you that you're working to build? Like every, you know, you got the SWOT analysis, um, where strengths, weaknesses, um, opportunities and threats. What are your threats? My threat is the ethical obligation that an agent has towards a company. They will not give a two weeks notice. It doesn't kill a project, but it definitely puts a bump in, in, in there. there. There needs to be that sort of entry strong and exit strong. That's all I ask from this generation is to at least give a heads up notice for everybody. That's all. Yeah, that's like me saying, um, for instance, you know, not coming to work. You know, we, I, I, I'll admit I've done it before. I think we all, I think we all have done it. But it's just the fact that to put to not put in a two weeks notice would would really put more work on the employees that work there. That means an overflow of calls, um, more turnover because they're stressed out because they put more work on each and every employee. So I get what you're saying. Um, but Kimberly, may I interject for a second? Yeah. Ethically, eth ethically. Do I have to wait for someone from, let's say, Amazon that wants to leave or someone that wants to leave me for Amazon? I could, I have had people say, I need to wait two weeks. I'm going to come in. I love that. They start off with points for me. But if I have to fill 15 seats next Wednesday and somebody says, I can leave and do that, I don't want to wait two weeks. My friend, it's the I'm not stealing, I'm not picking, but it's that rotation that goes back and forth where it's okay. It's just when someone comes to my company, internally recruits, and maybe takes five people out with them, that's a no-no. But the normal rotation back and forth is fine. But it's very rare that when someone is interviewing with me and takes an offer, Kimberly, that they say, I have to wait two weeks. So it's just one of those things you close your eyes and you realize it's just... It's just how it's done. Yeah. Do you have a contract with your, I'm pretty sure you do, but I just want to get it out there. Do you have a contract with your employees stating, because when I used to work at AT&T twice at two different companies, they made sure they majorly stated, and some people still do it, do not give vital information to my opposing party. If right. anything, you know, open policy, you come in and you can suggest things, but to give my vital information that I train you for maybe 20 hours, if not more to do, and you give it that will, and you send five people out of your company. So, okay. How is the promotion? How is the promotion? Like how much of the percentile do you promote? Like, I know you, 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 I'm just, these are just, normal questions. How, how do you question? At a call center structure, you're looking more at like a 10 to a 15 to one supervisor to agent ratio, just for performance or in case someone is sick that day, they can jump in. 
Uh, secondly, above that, then you have a team lead and then you have uh, a manager that oversees that. So there's many, many different levels. So you don't miss a beat. I would much rather have Kimberly, somebody with cognitive skills and an education with zero experience and no bad habits than a 10-year-old telemarketer You there? <laughs> Whenever you get back on, I'll wait. Cause this, I want to hear you. Last you stopped was at a ten-year-old telemarketer, and my next question when you get back on is going to be, um, how old do you have to be the law to work in a telemarketing place? So I'll wait. You're worth the wait. From Costa Rica. You know, I'm gonna make a joke why the system is stalled. You you guys, um, he should be back on. Tick tick tock. <laughs> it's nothing bad, it's in a good way. Okay. Okay, so the next I, I you stopped at 10 year old um uh young adult possibly but you was using it as an example working at at like a call center but my next question would be how young do the people like what's the law for how young you can be to work in a call center period or any well you know how our age is 15 with a work permit and 16 to work legally like how does that work at, you know, in Costa Rica. <laughs> you got me rolling. <laughs> You're worth it. My dedication to my clients is everything. Detective Kimberly to the rescue. <laughs> if I could just touch the screen and it just, give me a second. There we go. All right. How's this? It's perfect. All right. Your last question. The um, I wanted to know. Um, oh, <laughs> I left off because you were talking about how young adults could, as an example, work for um, telephone companies. Possibility in Costa Rica. So tell me, what is the work ethics in Costa Rica 
and how should can it be uh changed with and by, what i mean by that is you know uh with the ethics there how young can you be to work and when you do work at a young age um do they have a work permit and when they do work like what do you feel personally in your heart that should be changed in costa rica to help alleviate the stress that you get a little bit from your job as ceo okay. Legally, I'm allowed to hire people 18 years old. I can do interns that are younger than that, and we've had before at the local high schools. Costa Rica is this very, very strict Catholic country. So in regards to ethics, a lot of the agents will refuse accounts. My call center will not do sports books, casinos, stocks, pharmacies, or sweepstakes. So at least I'm not going to compromise ethics, values, or morals. I was complaining earlier about a two weeks notice, but I think that happens everywhere in the world. So it's not just Costa Rica. A lot of the younger generation or anybody in general just bounce. But we have labor laws here, very strict labor laws. So we follow them. We pay all the taxes and give all the benefits. The labor laws can work both ways. A lot of the times, in fact, the majority of the time, it works for the agent, the employee's advantage, which I think is wonderful. They should support the, the employees here. But there's also things to protect a company as well. Somebody that may come in purposely just to get insurance and then quit a company just to be able to use that. Or somebody that takes training for an entire month and then that first day to come back to work on the phone, they quit. But demand to get their entire training paid. And legally, you need to do these things. But ethically, you know it's wrong. And so there's a... Not a blacklist, but a lot of people know through the grapevine who the jumpers are, the people that have no intention of staying after so much investment has been made in them to onboard and ramp them up and educate them. And then it becomes, I don't mean to cut you off, a tug-of-war no, system because hmm. you got your mistrust of the um, young generation and they, they, they're thinking totally different, you know, because they're thinking, let me get some money real quick and then quit. So that loses trust, but you know, they, they, they have a using mentality, you know, what can I get for free or how, you know, I don't know why they think like that. So, you know, maybe. Kimberly, can I share advice with you on that? Yes, sir. All right. You and I know perfectly well we did everything in our power to work with that individual. I, I showed up to work. I encouraged them. I personally trained them, maybe listened to some calls. I, I did what I had to do. I did my part. So if somebody leaves, it's not going to give me a heavy It's the young lady. It's the name of the game. I'm in a call center industry. Most people burn out. I was a few. I was a gladiator that thrived and created my own center. I saw the essence in this industry where most people despise it or look down upon it. But in regards to that, my friend, I knew their name. I encouraged them. I participated in hiring them. I asked them to giving a coming of age moment. When we interviewed them, so instead of just giving me the generic answers that people do during interviews, maybe they can expand, Kimberly, and tell me a story of when they beat up a bully or saved a kitten, or maybe can just loosen their tie for a second to show me that there's somebody different than a robot, 
Because if you're that stiff and that rigid and you can't relax for a minute, how are you going to add to this group here? This is not just a place to make money. That's a job. I'm looking to give you a career, cat. It's what I'm looking to do. So it's very, it's very delicate when you bring people into a team. You do not want them to be a cancer. You want them to uh, be an asset, not a liability. And so I know I, I answer your questions in a lot of different tangents, but in my mind, it, it really is a, a, a smorgasbord. It's a collage. There's no straight lines, Kimberly, to solve this sort of stuff. It's really about, as you say, finding the right people that maybe if you and I are the first mentor, teacher, older sister, brother that they ever have, they, they, they might think twice about showing up late, not giving a notice, or maybe just giving us a second chance if they had one bad day and it was outside our control and we can fix those things. And, and so I try to get people to allow me to give them the benefit of the doubt as they would give us. I like taking breaths and second chances or maybe sleeping on it, writing the draft, Kimberly, and not sending it. There's a lot of times, my friend, that we overextended ourselves and might need to apologize the next day because of our tone, because we said something. And so I think if a relationship is that important, you should try to preserve it with time, space, and a little bit of cushion. And I try to extend that to every single employee that works with me. And it surprises them because most people treat them like a number and just throw them out the door. I'm not going to beg them to stay, but I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to call the balls and the strikes. And, and maybe I'm the first person to ever do that with them. And that, Kimberly, is how you get people to work with you for over a decade. Yes. Well said. Oh, my God. Well said. See, um... Okay, so you got me. I wanted to say, I wanted, you know, you, you, you're doing the correct things. You know, you, you have a growing, you know, number of employees. And I, I just wanted to suggest something because, and I want to suggest this to all high businesses, medium businesses, and small businesses that have high burn, uh, burn over rate or whatever you call it. So, we need more, and this is well-trained on being doctors for these department places, other than a hospital, other than there. We need either a virtual psychiatrist or mental health or therapist on call. That's what I was going to do for one of my companies, because if we can get, like, let's say three things happen to one of your employees, three things, the car burnt out. He, his, his childcare didn't come through. He didn't have enough gas to get to work. Okay, evaluate that within a mental health perspective, such as a mental health doctor's asking, well, what can you do to plan ahead? And then he can go into elaborate and well, I want to stay at this place. And then the doctor can suggest steps, like what's going on at work in the deeper core you know, like we need mental health doctors within burnout places, you know, because I remember I was a call agent 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I loved my job. I loved it because I worked for AT&T, you know, and I yes. was any job, but I felt good. And, you know, I started getting burnt out myself, 10 hour mm-hmm. shifts. And, you know, I, I think that if I had a psychiatrist or a therapist there that was coaching me through my stressful events, or we had these outlets, we would be able to have less people get, uh, Fire. And then think about this. It can come out their paycheck, the psychiatrist that it takes for you to pay for a psychiatrist, mental health or therapist, you know, um, with a fee. So that's I'm being business wise. That's more money in your pocket. And then more people going to your company. They'll be like, oh, I've never tried a psychiatrist or a mental health therapist that he's paying for that we're paying out of our pocket for to help navigate through a job. Nobody has that. They just say, go find an outside provider. What do you think? Well, the Costa Rican government through the INCS department, INS, they, they do provide those services. And I, I have seen people having a moment and they are legally with paperwork from a doctor. Cause we do ask for these things. If people miss work because of sickness and, Sometimes the sickness is not the sniffles or the flu. Sometimes the sickness is mental. And we've had people leave work because of family issues. They might have had a a parent or grandparent pass away or be in the hospital sick. And that takes its toll. But I've also seen... Some people lie, though. I I don't mean to cut you off, but some people lie. Some people use negative and drastic events to lie their way out of work. I'm talking about... Well, shame on them. <laughs> and you and you wonder why 10 years from now, when you bump into them, why they're not where they need to be. You can get away with it one day. Maybe you can speed to get somewhere. That's something that doesn't hurt anybody. But when you don't come to work, there's a ripple effect to that. There are people that are involved in that. It's not a self-infliction. And it's also... Uh, you know, your reputation and the image that you're giving to your client and the word that you give. And so maybe, maybe, Kimberly, what I do is I give a little bit of Philadelphia guilt. There's only so much I can do with the labor law. But if I let somebody know that they're better than that, and that I'm not angry at them, but I'm disappointed in them, I'm not going to get sued. I didn't threaten you. I'm just letting you know you've been with me for a couple of years and I've seen you at your best. And I don't even see you. <laughs> you don't even come to work. And so I'm not going to pry or find out, but obviously it's not what it was. And my client sees that too. So you kind of put us in a pickle. Legally, I got to keep you. But then again, you're not putting up the numbers. So you're just a warm seat and we're paying for it. And so it's just one of those things where you almost need to have a come to clarity moment with individuals while still following the labor laws but i can also look at somebody in their eyes and and ask them i go kimberly did i do something wrong oh no richard you did are you sure you know because i've always didn't i buy you pizza last thursday (laughs) what's going on here oh i will make you cry i will make you cry but i will in in a way to where you know that you're wrong i did so good what did you do and so it's, I'm not going to make you cry. You know what I mean? But I'm going to, I'm going to call you out. And because we've gone through too much together for you to be doing this. And I care about you. I don't want you to be ruining 
this path to where it spins out of control to where you start making other terrible decisions. Um, but what can you do? Kimberly, we can't hit the ball and drag Johnny. There's only so much we can do. I'd, I'd rather have energy givers than energy suckers. I, I can't give out all of my energy to people all the time. I agree. I agree. Um, like I said, I would, I would love it. It's an honor. I would love to have you back on the show. Um, I'm going to end it here. Um, but I, I have one more question. What do yes, you, for, for the audience, because there is an audience out there, what advice do you have to give what you learn throughout your course and how you want to the audience to apply what you've learned over the course of the years because history repeats itself and you must have found a way to work around that. How do you work around it? And then we'll end. Don't overextend yourself. When I started, I was renting a station. Then I rented space and then I built space. It's like the game of life. You start off in a tent, you end up in a mansion. So act your wage a lot of the times you don't need to do things to impress people. And if you're capable, like myself, to build a company through used furniture and used computers, I was able to use that money for other things. And so just be very wise and also be responsible. If you're looking to do something and it's new, dip your toe in it while still earning money and supporting your family. But also if there are naysayers, grave relievers, and Debbie Downers, Prove them wrong because most people quit 80% in. Why do you think boxing goes 15 rounds? You need a couple rounds to warm up and win. And so if you can go the distance and you can follow through on this forced march that you put yourself on, then there's no reason why, Kimberly, that your audience can't be living the most fulfilled and beautiful life like you and I are. Um, thank you so much. Stay on the line. I want to thank you guys. Um, wonderful, wonderful guests with many, many, many good answers. And I want to thank him and, um, you all take care, be safe out there. And I will see y'all again another time at one o'clock actually. Bye. Bye.